definitely I would say that sometimes we overthink like oh I don't have this ready I don't have a logo I don't have like I don't have everything figured out I don't want to start if it doesn't cost any money at the beginning or the money that it costs to start you can like afford it just go for it don't think about the logo don't think about the name just try it you'll test your market and you'll see if you're is actually worth it to spend the time on that because if not it's just like oh yeah i spent all this time i got the logo i got all the cute things but then afterwards you get there and no one wants your product or your service or anything so i would say you just go in Welcome to The In Factor, conversations with entrepreneurs. I'm Rebecca White, and on today's episode, we will be talking with Nuria, Rosaline, and Alina, three young women who grew up in different parts of the world, studied at different universities across the country, and are all pursuing careers in differing areas of business. However, despite all these differences, they each possess a passion for seeking opportunities creative problem solving, and developing an entrepreneurial spirit. We can't wait to share their story and hear how their experiences with the Collegiate Entrepreneurs Organization, CEO, which is where I met them, shaped their entrepreneurial mindset. Listen in on this episode of The In Factor. Nuria, Rosaline, and Alina, thank you for joining me today. Nuria, I'd love for you to start and tell us a little bit about what you're up to and tell us a little about yourself and how you got involved with the Collegiate Entrepreneurs Organization. Well, I'm actually from Spain. I came here to study my, the last semester of my undergrad and I stayed for, la, for grad school. And here when I got to state is when I discovered the word entrepreneur is when everything started. But looking back, I realized that both of my parents were entrepreneurs. So I guess I already had something something there, you know. Uh, right now, I'm doing my master's on human resources, and eventually when I end up working in something related with the field. But on the side, I have my, my own little business that we're working on, and it's the business that got us to, to go to the CEO conference in Chicago where we met. Tell us a little about your business. What, what do you do? So... Appreciate is a business that helps college students to to get furniture in their rooms for a really cheap price. We offer free pickup for donations of those items, and then we sell them for college students through our app. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, Rosalind, tell us a little bit, bit about yourself. Where are you from, and how did you discover entrepreneurship? I'm originally from Puerto Rico. But um, now I'm here in the land of Florida, where I go to school in Stati University. Um, so, uh, yeah, I come from a Hispanic Latino background. If I can say, just like Noria, I did not know what the word entrepreneur, entrepreneurship was at all until I moved here to um, Florida when I started high school. Um, I got involved with business classes, and that's where the entrepreneur word um, came familiar to me. And as well as Nuria, I look back, and my parents are both also entrepreneurs. My mom has her own um, nail business. She does nails, and she also teaches them. Um, but yeah, my one of my main interests is fashion. It's always been fashion, so I always wanted something related in the fashion industry as well. 
That's wonderful. Now, uh, you're at Stetson University. Do you, ha- are you, do you have an office, uh, with the CEO club or are you a member of the CEO club? Our CEO club is, is actually, they named it a little bit different, but it's still the same chapter, but it's called the Prince, um, Entrepreneurs Leaders Program. And yes, I'm part of it. I became part of it last semester. Um, I'm a first year here. So I got, I got right into it when I applied to Stetson. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, Alina, tell us a little about your background. Where are you from and how did you find your way to entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I'm originally from Michigan and my dad's actually from German and Germany and my mom's from Mexico. So that's where I get the mixed cultural background. And I'm currently studying at Grand Valley State University doing my undergraduate at the Seidman College of Business for Marketing and Entrepreneurship. As for the word entrepreneurship, I have a bit of a different storyline with that because my dad's an engineer, so, you know, he's just out there. But I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I always knew that I wanted to own my own business. And my grandma from Germany used to bring me these fashion books, so where I would do my own designs, and with my sisters, we would design, you know, the clothing and everything. And so that's what sparked my interest in the fashion industry and wanting to own my own clothing brand. So then that led me to freshman year where I decided to officially start my clothing brand, Express You, with a U, because it would be a smiley face if I ever created my own merchandise. And then sophomore year, I got involved with CEO Club. So, um, Alina, so you are, you're, you are running your business, um, on the side while you're in school. Is that right? Yes, I am. This is the third year in business. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a, I had a former CEO student on a, a podcast, uh, recently, and he told me that it was a great way to help him pay for his education. Um, how's, has it been helpful for you in terms of helping to pay for education or at least pay for some of the things uh, that you want to do on the side besides education? I'd say currently it all goes back into the new collections and marketing. So I'm hoping to really market the newest summer collection so it can grow more. Well, that's very cool. And so I, I'd love to, to dig into that a little bit more, Alina. You know, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Um, you know, or, uh, you know, you said you started this, uh, you know, right into school and you joined the club, but what, what really led to this? You, it sounds like you just have a passion for doing something, uh, entrepreneurial and building something. Yeah. So what always holds me back is that I thought people had to be, older or have a certain title or have a lot of money to start a business. So I started digging into it my freshman year, just more and more. And I got almost like obsessed with wanting to own my own business and do my own thing and make a change and leave a mark in the world. So yeah, that just led me to say, okay, let's just do it. So over the winter break, I had just really focused on launching my business. I didn't like go anywhere for a winter break my freshman year. And I just fully launched it to kind of ease back into it when I got back into school. That's very cool. Now, Nuria, you also are a co-founder, right? You said, I think you you were co-founder of Appreciate. Talk to us a little bit about why you started that business and and maybe even a little bit about your partner and how you found a partner. Definitely. So, well, as, as you well know, we see an opportunity 
we we do and we take the steps to apply it and then we repeat the same pattern, right? So we saw an opportunity back in May last year about how to start like a really good opportunity to start the business. And, you know, we started talking about it. I'm like, you know, I think that that could be cool. But we never started. And then because of the CEO competition, we're like, okay, it's a good opportunity to, to try it. And my partner is a student from Paraguay. She's international as well. And we met in school. We became great friends and we complement each other. The things that she has, I don't, and backwards. So it's something that we really work together really well. That was back in Kansas. And now that we're like, I'm in Pennsylvania and she's in Kansas, it's a little bit more difficult. But, you know, there are so many challenges that that we have to face to be able to be successful. So we're taking it easy. That's wonderful. So uh, when, uh, Rosaline, you, um, you're interested in fashion also, right? Have you, do you have an idea for a business you want to start or have you gotten started on sort of sketching that out? So actually, um, I didn't mention it, but back in 2020, when the famous pandemic decided to come along, um, I had just started making, playing around with lip glosses. I was just making um, a few mixtures, trying it on with myself, giving it to my family and friends in high school. But then the pandemic hit and I just kind of like, that's when I first started knowing what entrepreneur was and I was a little bit scared. So I took a step back and I didn't, I didn't continue to do it. But um, now this year that I just started college, I decided to actually take upon back on with that idea that I had and decided to actually have my company, which I decided on the name, which is Lipalicious Lip Care, um, including more things than just lip glosses. Um, and it will be based on hypoallergenic lip products. So I'm currently working with that with um, my CEO chapter um, professor, the advisor for it. That's wonderful. You know, that, that kind of leads me, uh, Rosaline, to I think the next question I'd love to hear from all of you about your CEO chapter and how it is helping you or has helped you up to this point. Um, and for anybody listening who doesn't know what CEO is, it's Collegiate Entrepreneurs Organization, and it's one of the largest organizations of student entrepreneurs in the world. So the the goal is to help uh, young people develop their entrepreneurial mindset and a passion. And um, and so, Rosaline, I'd love to hear from you maybe to start. You mentioned your advisor and your club. How's, how's your club and your advisor been helping you with, with uh, building your uh, company? So since I wasn't familiar with what an entrepreneur was, they first introduced me to having the entrepreneur um, entrepreneur mindset. Um, I actually always had it throughout my whole life. I just didn't know what it was. I just they just helped me, I guess, get to know it better, like know it with myself, my creativity and all these other skills that it includes. Um, but there's some actually classmates that they are interested in kind of a, the same field I'm going for with um, the lip products. So and they're already more advanced than I am. So they just help me with the marketing, um, with what to do with um, my target market. And also my advisor, they have he has helped me because we do assignments like this little assignments to see where we are with our business or with the class as a whole. 
So we do like starting points at the beginning of the semester, and then he helped you know, he help us identify where we need help with. So right now, I'm currently working with the target market and the marketing aspects of it. That's wonderful. So have you already produced some of your product, or are you mostly in the planning stages right now? So I'm currently... Um, when I first started, I was playing around with lip glosses, but that wasn't really set ingredients. I just recently set my ingredients. Um, I only chose five because my point is to try and make hypoallergenic lip products, but I also wanted to reduce because if you look at lip glosses labels, there are many, many, many ingredients, and I know not everyone goes through them. So I wanted to make it more personalized and familiar with um, the people. So I only chose five products. So I just narrowed it down to those five, I'm sorry, ingredients. Um, so I'm just working now with the funding because they also, the chapter, they also helped me a little bit with the funding to start it off. So what that's what I'm working on at the moment. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. How about you, Alina? Has your club been helpful to you as with your business? I think you started your business before you found the club, right? Is that what you said? Did I get that right? Yes. But our Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, it, it, there's just so many inspiring people in there, and it's great to be surrounded by other entrepreneurs, like-minded people. And whether they're at the start of the stage of their business with just the idea, or at the end, already launched a few years in, it's the big mix in the community, really, that just it's so inspiring to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you um, are you an officer in your club? Alina? Yes, I'm currently the president, and I worked up to that, though, because I was the promotions officer first, then I tacked that on with VP, and then after I got to become president, once the previous one graduated. That's wonderful. So, uh, you know, as president, do you feel like that uh, the skills that you're learning uh, as president of the club are also helpful as you build your entrepreneurial skills? I'd say so because I always, you know, reaching out to people if they need help with their business, whether it's on the marketing side of things or even other CEO clubs, if they need tips or anything. So it's really just a big, like everyone helps everyone. So I love that. You know, it's, uh, it probably has helped give you some confidence and it's also helped you, uh, build, build the skills that you need to be comfortable talking to all kinds of different people and, um, you know, that's one of the things as an entrepreneur, you, you have to sell and you have to talk to people. And, uh, I've met a lot of really brilliant, uh, inventors who were never able to really turn their concept into a business because they, you know, didn't want to talk to people or didn't, <laughs> didn't know how to. Um, so I can imagine being president has been helpful in that regard as well. The network is so huge too. So I'm always meeting new people, whether it's from a chapter or something like the annual conferences. Yeah, the network is probably one of the greatest assets because there are like 250 plus chapters all around the world. And of course, you know, the conference that you have or the ability to connect online is really powerful. And even just the three of you, for example, today, um, all have that in common. And, and so it's, it's a very powerful thing. Nuria, now I'm really interested to hear about your club. Um, you, you're at Fort, Fort Hayes State University now, or you were? So I was at Fort Hayes State University is where we founded our club. And I was actually the vice president 
it was a really small club, but we're working on making it bigger. And now in my new school, I'm trying to to work on, on building a club here as well because I saw all the opportunities that CEO brought to me and I want to give the same opportunities to other students. Right, right. You're at Slippery Rock now, correct? I am, correct. Yeah. So what's that been like for you to help to build clubs? Um, you know, that's, that's a whole other um, experience, right? That is, <laughs> definitely. Because it's not just about, like... When you get to a club and you already know that there's a VP or there's like recruitment, things like that, and everything is said, that's way easier. But when you have to start from zero, from scratch, like on our businesses, it is like, okay, let's find a way, let's figure it out. But thankfully, like all the um, advisors and professors and staff here are really helpful and they already had a little bit of background on entrepreneurship adventures and collapse, so that, that's, being, that's being better. It doesn't make it that difficult. <laughs> but it's still, it's a great skill building an organization like that. You learn a lot that you can apply to your own business. Uh, Definitely, because you go find your, your peers and find who's going to help you and find a way to convince them to help you, right? Everyone is busy. Not everyone wants to get here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, one of the important things, you mentioned networks, which I think is a really important part of what CEO provides. And it's also, you know, we know from a lot of research that networks are really important for entrepreneurs. The other important role that people play for us is to serve as mentors and coaches. And I know you've mentioned some, uh, some of your mentors and, and your professors, but I'm really curious about mentors and role models uh, for each of you, whether or not you've had someone, a mentor and or a role model, um, and what that means to you. Rosaline, would you like to start? Yes, I would love to. Um, so for me, I would say my mentor, um, you'll think it really, well, some people think it wouldn't matter, but it's, I'm taking it back to elementary school. This was my favorite teacher and still to this day, she always reaches out to me and like lets me know how proud she is of how, how many things I have accomplished. Um, she was my teacher for, I would say, four or five years. So I, I think she knew me forever, honestly. That's, that's a long time. Um, but she was always um, leading me to the right direction, always giving me advice, always making sure I was good and, and on the right track. And like I said, she always reaches out and makes sure I'm doing good and she's proud of me. Um, a role model, for me, that's somebody that I will look up to. Um, I always used to watch, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in fashion a lot. So I always used to watch American Stock Model. So for me, Tyra Banks was everything for me. And she was everything. Um, I, I love her <laughs> attitude. I love the way she just went and um, created and took over um, that show, the way she managed it. It was it was something awesome for me. I, that's from where I took the idea of making doing something with fashion. And I chose the lip products since I'm still working on drawing classes to make designs. I, I don't get there, but Alina, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's really wonderful. So teachers do make an impact on our lives, don't they? And and you know, uh, you know, we never know whose life we're impacting as a role model, too, as as you pointed out. So um, that's wonderful. How about you, Alina? 
So I'd say my biggest role model would be my dad, just because he's such a hard worker. I've always looked up to him and he's always telling me, just go follow your dreams. You know, like you only have one life, just go for it. And then one of my mentors, um, I met him through the Seedman Mentorship Program and he's just more of a life mentor to me and is there whether I have an accomplishment and, you know, he's cheering me on or if I have some questions for him concerning just anything in life. So it's really nice to know that someone has your back. That's very cool. You know, uh, Rosaline said she didn't realize she had an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, she didn't have a name for it, but she had had it all of her life pretty much. Do you feel the same way, Alina? I'd say so, because I didn't really learn about those words until later on, but definitely with the way I think, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, my mom was my role model, and um, I talk about it in my book, uh, See, Do, Repeat, because she was so special to me. And um, that's where, uh, you know, I learned an entrepreneurial mindset, like you, Elena, maybe from your dad, but, you know, growing up, even from the very beginning. How about you, Noriette? I definitely have my mom as a role model, as well as my, my business partner, because I think there are two women that really go for what they want and they get it and that's something really important when you have like clear goals however as a mentor I had like one of my advisors he was the person who introduced me to to entrepreneurship and who has been cheering me and giving me the opportunities all the time actually we're going to Denmark in three weeks to be able to have more opportunities and and meet more entrepreneurs so Rick has been like super important for me and he always has me back. It's just like, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. That's so important. You know, you need a safety net because things don't always go the way you want. And, uh, you know, that's as we talked about, Nuria, you mentioned earlier, repeating. And sometimes we have challenges and, and uh, it's so important to have somebody that has our back, uh, that, and to have a safety net. So let's talk about challenges a little bit. Um, Nuria, as you've been learning and building, um, up appreciate, uh, what have been some of the challenges that you've run into and, and how do you, what do you think you've learned from that? Maybe how have you overcome those? So when we started, we were like so passionate about, and we had like, the rules of the pitch competition to follow. So we just had to fill the blanks. At the point it was easy and we're like, okay, we can do that. But then afterwards when, well, we were growing because Appreciate is based on locations. It's not like an online business where you would sell and ship things because we're really focused on the pollution and the environment. It's based on locations. So now we have already two locations, one in Fort Hayes and one in Slippery Rock. So the challenge I realized was when we were in Fort Hayes, everything was great. Everything was easy, you know, we already knew our way around. But then when I got to Slipper Rock and I was by myself, I didn't have the business partner anymore. I realized that, okay, everything is new. Like I literally had to start from zero. And we were brainstorming and everything. But at the same time, Luciana wasn't here with me. So it was just like such a, a challenge of changing pace and everything. But... That was the same that happened when I arrived to the States and I didn't know any English two years ago. That I, what I tell myself right now is, if you could do that, you can do whatever. 
like and every time is something that if I can do something now I can do this and it does a a loop that never ends because if I could do something now I can do whatever else so that's uh that's great and and I love hearing that I mean you're building confidence each time you experience something and um even the the things that are challenging and that maybe don't go the way that you want um when you've survived that <laughs> and you get to the other side of it then you feel mm-hmm. you come come a lot come out a lot stronger how about you Alina you've been running your business for several years now what kind of challenges have you run into and what did you learn from that I'd say one of the trickiest parts is always finding vendors because I want them to be ethical the outsource and also you know it has to fit within the profit margins that I want to make since I am a smaller business so I can't just you know go out and um like spend whatever so I sure have a budget for myself and definitely just making sure that the clothing quality is good as well because I'm so big on that making sure it's something it's not a one-time use piece it'll be something that you can wear for longer yeah, that's great. So finding vendors has been a challenge. How do, how do you go about finding vendors? I mean, what how do you do that? It's a lot of online research, mostly either through YouTube videos, just looking it up. And then I have to, you know, create an account on each one and look through everything, order product samples. So it's just very time consuming. But honestly, it's so worth it because I want to make sure that I'm putting only the best out there. Yeah. So, um, Rosaline, um, have you, you know, you've, you're just getting started and haven't fully launched yours, but have you run into any problems sometimes when you're creating a, a, a product that, um, you know, has, has, has something like a lip gloss, you would have to deal with making sure that it's safe and all of that. Have you run into any problems yet with your product or with getting things started for your company? So I haven't really still, I have um, created a few of the products, like sample just for myself. I haven't really launched it or gave it to nobody um, because I do want to make sure that the, that I'm offering what I'm saying. So I want to offer hypoallergenic lip products. I don't want to just throw any ingredient in there. Um, So my first, I would say setback was finding the right person to talk to about ingredients because yes, um google helps it helps your research in the ingredients and stuff but i wanted somebody that was already in the skin industry per se because of course they're gonna know more than what i'm gonna find out in the internet um and actually the prince leaders program the professor he actually connected me to an alumni from stetson that he works in, in the skin industry um and he helped me out choose my ingredients he um, walked me through a bunch of ingredients and then I just narrowed it down to my own um but I will say the next thing that I'm working on and I'm a little iffy about is the target market because I do have a like a specific target that I want to go to but I also want to make sure that I reach like different um types of issues with the lips because it's not only hypoallergenic like people have allergies to certain ingredients so I want to make sure I reach every like I want to personalize the lip products for them. So it's a little, it's a little tricky. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that earlier. You want to have a customized product. Um, and that's, I think that's admirable. And there's a lot of opportunity, I think, in customizing, uh, today. People really like that. And, but like you pointed out, you really have to know who your market is because we can't create for everyone. Um, so Nuria, I'd, I'd love to come back to you. You mentioned the pitch competition, um, at CEO. For anybody that's listening that doesn't know anything about it, could you talk about that a little bit and then maybe um, give us a few highlights from your pitch? Or if you want to do do a quick pitch, that would be fine too. <laughs> 100%. So uh, the pitch competition was something that the CEO Club was offers every year, actually. And over 600 participants were this year. We work on building a pitch page during four weeks. And every week they give us like the assignment that we have to complete. So uh, during these four weeks, we present the problem, then the solution, then the business model, uh, different things, even like the the pitch deck and all the different parts that you need for your business. Like the finances were the difficult one, right? <laughs> when you have a creative mind, but not a number mind. But yeah, we went all through those those four more weeks and then the week before the conference they would say who were the top 20 to go present at the competition and then it's when when you oh my god when you get crazy because you get the email of oh yeah you're going to Chicago in this case or Tampa uh, next week because you're presenting your business and of course we had a this little pitch of one minute 30 because we had to make a video it wasn't mandatory but you know it's always better so highlight, make sure if you participate, <laughs> that make a video. And then we, well, when we got there, it was, it was a five minute pitch, I believe. And we speak a lot, so fast, both with the Spanish accent. It was a thing for us to make it, to be honest. <laughs> it was, it was really tricky, but there, there's actually a video if you check Appreciate Online that where you can we can see us because you know it's not the same without Luciana, my business partner. So, <laughs> well, could you give us a few highlights of what you put into your business plan and that maybe uh, and, and into your pitch that you think might have um, helped um, you know move yours up to the top of 600 in the top 20 out of 600? That's wonderful. Definitely, like we were so happy about it. Not gonna lie. Um, I think like the way we explained our videos comparing maybe with other videos that obviously you check because you're nervous, you don't know who you're competing with. Um, it was first our attitude and way to be like we tried to not be shy and, you know, like to really express that what we were doing, it was meaningful for us. And also we started with the problem like um, there are 12 million tons of furniture that are being thrown away yearly. And that's a fact. And it's like, what? You know, like, so when you understand the problem, the solution makes more sense. So that's the thing that we use to maybe make the, the judges relate with us. Okay, like, this is a problem for everyone, you know? So, yeah, I, I think that was a, maybe, I mean, maybe that was not the thing that made that helped us, but, you know, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's a really good point. Uh, you know, I've had students uh, over the years ask me, you know, how do I find an opportunity? Where's an opportunity? And I always say, look for a problem. If you want to find an opportunity, look for a problem. So, uh, you know, what you're doing is solving a problem. 
uh, you know, whether it's getting rid of, you know, whether it's figuring out a way to put that, that furniture to use or whether it's solving someone's fashion needs or someone's lip balm needs, you know, that's what you're, that's what you're trying to do. Uh, you know, you're trying to solve a problem. So I think it's a really good point. Um, so uh, we have a few more minutes left and I would love for each of you to, um, think about, you know, I always ask my guests on the in factor, what's one piece of advice they would give to aspiring entrepreneurs and you, you're all three, um, at different stages, but somewhat early still in your entrepreneurial career. And I, for one, am very excited to see your energy and enthusiasm and so excited to see where you're going to be going. But if you had one piece of advice that maybe you wish you had known, um, you know, or that you would give to somebody else who was thinking about, starting a business as a college student or, you know, as a, as a young person, because there's certain challenges that go along with that. It's sometimes hard to be taken seriously and that sort of thing. But if you had one piece of advice that you would give, um, to, um, you know, other college students or others that want to do what you're doing, what would that be? Alina, would you like to start? Yeah, definitely. My piece of advice would be put the time away for what you're passionate about. Because so many people say, I don't have time for it. I don't know where to find, you know, what I'm looking for. I don't know how to do market research, anything. Put the time away for it. Start now. In your younger years is when you're meeting the most amount of people. So just put the time away. That's a, that's a really good one because we get really distracted. Um, it's so, it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole of the internet, right? Um, or, yeah. or something else, social media or something else. Um, so that I think it's, I think that's a really good piece of advice. Put your, put your time where your passion is and you won't, probably won't regret it. So great advice. Rosaline. So I would say that as an entrepreneur, we're going to encounter many setbacks and obstacles, but I'll say it doesn't matter um, how many you get thrown at you. I think what matters is how you react to them. And um, I say put the best face on, put the best attitude on and go ahead and take it over. That's great advice as well. And that's good advice for life, I think, don't you? You've got to keep moving forward. Honestly, it applies to everything. (laughs) (laughs) And Nuria, how about you? One piece of advice that you would leave. Honestly, it's so difficult to give something good after those two great advices. But definitely, I would say that sometimes we overthink like, oh, I don't have this ready. I don't have a logo. I don't have like, I don't have everything figured out. I don't want to start. If it doesn't cost any money at the beginning or the money that it costs to start, you can like afford it. Just go for it. Don't think about the logo. Don't think about the name. Just try it. You'll test your market and you'll see if it's is actually worth it to spend the time on that. Because if not, it's just like, oh yeah, I spent all this time. I got the logo. I got all the cute things. But then afterwards, you get there and no one wants your product or your service or anything. So I would say you just go in. <laughs> You've got to get out there and, and uh, give people a chance to give you feedback, right? And and you have to be willing to take feedback that you don't love to hear sometimes. <laughs> that's sometimes how we learn. Sometimes it's hard, but, but helpful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the best feedback that you get, and the, or at least the most helpful. It might be tough to listen to. Great advice from all three of you. This has been such a delight for me. It is so encouraging and rewarding to 
to see three young women who are so passionate. And I'm just so excited to see what, what all three of you do. I'm going to be watching you and your businesses and, and the work that you do. And, um, I know that others who listen to this are going to feel the same way. So I'd love to start with and let each of you take just a minute to tell us uh, where listeners can connect with you. And um, if your company is is already up and running, uh, where they can find out about it. Alina, do you want to start? Yeah, definitely. So my LinkedIn pretty much has everything on there from my business to my roles in CEO. And through searching up Alina Ladovig, I pretty much own the whole first page. So that should all be me and my business. <laughs> That's great. And your business is on LinkedIn too. Is that where we find it? Yes, sir. It's on Shopify. So you can look up express and then with a U dot US. Okay. Express you express the letter U dot US. Yes. All right. We're going to all check that out. Thank you, Alina. Thank you. How about you, Rosaline? So I would say the same thing with LinkedIn is honestly, when I came here to Staten, it was every, everybody's using that, especially in the business school. So my LinkedIn will be Rosaline Vega. I'm not sure. I haven't looked up myself. I'm not sure if any other Rosaline were up here. I haven't met nobody with my name. So I'll say Rosaline Vega. For the moment, I don't have a website for my business since I haven't launched yet. I do have an Instagram for it, um, which I will start posting like my journey I'm trying to build it up um that will be an Instagram it will be lipalicious LC so if you don't know how to spell it I'll spell it out for you l-i-p-a-l-i-c-i-o-u-s lipalicious and then LC that sounds wonderful we're going to check out lipalicious I'm excited to see that more about that and Nuria definitely LinkedIn is like the best tool we can use, right? <laughs> uh, you'll find me and my journey and all like my journey through personal growth and being from another country and all these different things that we're facing on my LinkedIn as well. And my name is spelled N-U-R-I-A because I know it can be a little bit difficult. <laughs> and then Garcia Nogaron, but I'm sure that if you look for my name, it's the only thing it's going to show up. So we can definitely connect, help you with anything, the pitch competition or whatever question you have. It will be lovely to talk with, to anyone. And if someone wants to find up appreciate, where where would they find out about that? Appreciate is also connected to my LinkedIn or okay. on Instagram. Appreciate. Yeah. Okay. So it's UP and then appreciate, right? Correct. Yeah. Like appreciate only UP in the front. Great. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining me. This has been a lot of fun for me. Um, and I love your stories. Um, and I hope I get to have you back on the show sometime um, to hear more about all of your successes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.